You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 660. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Colin Reed. In this episode, Colin and I will preview the San Antonio Spurs entering free agency on Thursday. Let's jump right into this episode with Colin. Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a wild week. A lot of uh, Twitter scrolling, a lot more than I'm used to. So excited to get through Thursday and see what, what comes of everything. Yeah, I, I know it's it's been. Uh, I'm ready for this, you know. Just and I, I do want to note because, like you said, you know, it's just been a, a wild week. Rumors are coming in almost every hour at this point. So I will note that Colin and I are recording this on Tuesday evening, June 28th. So again, if something breaks, somebody gets traded, um, that, you know, there, there's reports that the Spurs want to sign somebody. You all know why we didn't cover it in this episode. So let's get let's uh, jump right into this episode, the final one before free agency begins on Thursday, uh, June 30th. All right, so. Colin, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about wh- what is the state of the Spurs' roster before going into free agency. So uh, after the NBA draft, um, they, they did you know use all three picks. They, they, they drafted Jeremy Sohan at number nine. They drafted uh, Malachi Branham at 20. And then uh, um, what's his name? Blake Wesley at, at 25. So, so they ended up not making trades like we thought they would do. Instead, they actually drafted all, all three players. And it, it does look like they're going to keep all, all three of those players on the roster. They did. I was at the AT&T Center on Saturday with the players and the Spurs did a big old presentation for like their families and stuff. So it looks like, yes, the Spurs do intend on keeping these, these three players, these rookies. So with the three players, um, the Spurs have 12 players on guaranteed contracts. And that is because Zach Collins' deal um, over the over the weekend, guaranteed last Friday at seven point three five million. So now his his deal for next season is also guaranteed. So that's twelve players on guaranteed deals. And when you consider that they still have Trey Jones, Kate Bates, Job, and Jock Landale on the roster, that's that's uh, they're all three of those players are on non guaranteed deals. That's fifteen players. So right now, you know, if it was October and the season was about to start, the Spurs would have no no open roster spots. So they can carry up to twenty players into the off season. Uh, and again, they can still make decisions on on Jones, Bates, Jop, and Jock uh, Lando to uh, to waive them before uh, the regular season starts. Now they do have five players entering free agency. Uh, they have Lonnie Walker the fourth. They have Joe Wieskamp, uh, Devontae Kaycock, Robert Woodard the second, and DJ Stewart. Uh, we we know that Wieskamp, um, Woodard the second, and Stewart will all be on the Spurs' training ca- uh, summer league roster, should I say? So they're all going to play at summer league in Vegas. Uh, there's been no word yet on on um, uh, if the Spurs are going to tender um, Lonnie a, 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 a restricted a, a qualifying offer. Any of these players, they can all become restricted free agents of the Spurs, uh, uh, send them a qualifying offer, and they have until Wednesday, June 29th. I, I don't know if the date's uh, 4 p.m. I know that the option date is 4 p.m., but I don't I don't know if that's uh, that's that that's actually for for um, qualifying offers as well. So, uh, you know, when 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 the Spurs drafted two guards at 20 and 25. I started to like basically my cap sheet changed completely where I was like, no, I don't know. I don't think they're going to give Lonnie that six and a half million dollar qualifying offer to make him a restricted free agent. I really feel like they're going to go. I, t- I, I sent you a picture of this on Twitter earlier today. I just said I, I, my assumption is they're just going to go into to, to free agency with um, that open cap space and, and not having Lonnie on the books, letting him be a um, unrestricted free agent. What are your thoughts with how they're going to approach uh, Lonnie Walker's free agency? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, I was listening to a lot of listening lately with, with mm-hmm. all of the people. It's, I mean, one of the cool things about today's era is, you know, you have Mark Stein on Spotify live and you have Jake Fisher doing his thing on Colin and, um, you know, Woj is all over ESPN and the athletic you have. So, so there's like so many sources to get these news. Now it's not yes. just in this tweet form. And I was listening to Mark Stein and he was talking about how the Spurs have been very player friendly recently, yes. especially when a player no longer fits with their construction or no longer wants to be there. And the Spurs are usually very amicable in letting the player choose his own future from there. So he was expecting, you know, maybe the Spurs won't even tender him a qualifying offer so that he can kind of be the forger of his own destiny here. 
and and I wouldn't be surprised. It really does seem like, you know, I mean, the only way I could have even seen him back on the Spurs is if they did tender him a qualifying offer. He didn't like the market and he just wanted to go back out next off season as an unrestricted free agent. But it seems like they're not even going to walk into that situation, especially after they drafted two um, six, five guards. So yeah, it, I, I would be surprised if they tender that for him. And I, I think that he's going to be able to walk wherever he wants to go in free agency. I agree with you there. And and again, I, I wrote this uh, Spurs, ca- uh, Spurs cast listeners. If you want to listen to, I mean, read it on productspurs.com. I wrote like the offseason primer going into free agency. And, you know, I looked at all the teams and, and there's, not, there's, first of all, there's not a lot of cap space teams out there. And so for Lonnie to get an offer more than the mid-level exception of 10.3 million, I just don't see that. I don't know which team that is. And I don't, I, again, there's gonna be other free agents out there too. So as far as like, you know, I don't think the Spurs would be competing with anyone if they made a restricted free agent to try to sign him. But again, a team's not gonna offer more than the, the 10.3 million uh, uh, restricted, I mean, with the, the mid-level exception. So I agree with you there. I think that they're, they're, they're definitely gonna probably just let him go into unrestricted free agency, not renounce his cap hold initially because that, you know, that way they can work with the sign and trade if he finds a team that he wants to go to and they want to get, you know, some sort of assets back for him, uh, you know, since they're losing him. So I think that's the, that's the approach. Again, we'll find out if Lonnie or any of these other four free agents uh, get become restricted free agents. The Spurs do have until um, until until Wednesday to make that decision. And again, uh, 12 players on guaranteed deals right now. So there's three open roster spots uh, if they were to waive Jones, uh, Bates, Job and Jock Lando. So that is the shape of the roster where they're at going into free agency on Thursday. Now, let's talk about the three approaches the Spurs can do with all this cap space. Again, they can open up to 34.4 million in cap space. Again, if they if they renounced all their free agents and they, they waived all their players on non-guaranteed deals, the most cap space they can open is 34.4 million now that Zach Collins' deal guaranteed. 34.4 million is, pro- is probably only enough to, to pitch to a free agent a max offer sheet. Someone like DeAndre Ayton, who has zero to six years of experience, so a player who hasn't been in the league that long. Now, the Spurs can do three things with the, with their cap space, um, and that's, that's what we're going to talk about. Option one is to you know try to go sign a free agent. They can do that with that $34 million. Option two is to try to trade for a player. So we've seen you know some discussions around players like John Collins, who they can bring in a player's contract, uh, who, they, who they still want on their team. Or option three is they can just be a team that's going to get some picks for bad contracts to, uh, you know, the, the players that the teams are trying to load. So that's what we're going to go through in, in detail here, each of these three options for the Spurs. So first, let's talk about option one, which is, you know, the more exciting thing, which would be to go excited free agents to get involved, you know, seeing, oh, the Spurs might try to sign this player. All right. So here are the, the free agents that the Spurs have been reported, in, uh, had interest in uh, reportedly this this past offseason so far. There's DeAndre Ayton. You know, uh, we do know that the Spurs and Pistons right now financially the only two teams that can offer him a max offer sheet of thirty point five million. Uh, nobody else can. Um, so, so, so that, that that's uh that's the the two teams now because the Pistons drafted got um uh, Jalen Duran uh, via trade in, in uh, on draft night. There's up there, you know, f- multiple reports have shown that they may not pursue Aiden after all. It's not concrete, but again, if, if uh, they may not pursue him. The Spurs, you know, they could try to pursue him. Again, they can offer Max offer sheet or they can try to work with Phoenix on the sign and trade. Uh, probably Yaka will be involved, but there's no indication quite yet if that's going to be what they do. Uh, the other player who, who um, the Spurs reportedly had interest in is Colin Sexton. Now, he, the interest in him was before the draft. I'm not sure that they have interest anymore because they just drafted two more guards uh, recently in the draft. Sexton is also looking at over, to, you know, north of 20 million a year. And I just saw some recent reporting by the Athletic that that um, the Cavs don't really want to give him more than 20. So, so again, there's going to be some negotiations going on there. They've also, uh, you know, uh, been uh, reported to have interest in Zach Levine. Although all signs right now point to Levine just immediately resigning with Chicago. So at the time, um, 
uh, you, you know, uh, uh, things have changed now. It looks like Levine's staying in Chicago. And also the Spurs, if they did want to, um, you know, offer Levine a max uh, a max contract, they couldn't do that right now. They would have to make some trades uh, because they don't have the they don't have more that, uh, enough for his for his max. And then the last player they've been linked to is this guy, um, Vasily um, uh, Misic. He's 28 years old out of uh, he's a six point six five point guard out of um, Anadolu Efes, the Turkish club. Uh, and, and the Spurs couldn't just sign this guy. They would actually have to make a trade with OKC to get his draft rights, and 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 so that was just a report that they might have interest in him. Um, if if they end up moving somebody like Dejounte Murray, it makes no sense to bring in a twenty year old, eight year old player. But if they're trying to compete and maybe you know get stay in the playoff race or try to be a playing team, then yeah, maybe they could look at signing him. So let's begin with Aiton first, um, Colin. What are your thoughts on on the Spurs? Um, uh, I guess this is the two ways, right? Let, let me just ask you this question. If they trade Dejounte to Atlanta or, or another team, then it looks like that's a signal that they're rebuilding, most likely. Yeah. But if they don't trade Dejounte and they keep him, what do you think the chances increase that they might, uh, you know, pursue Aiton in free agency? So the interesting thing about Aiton, um, and I've been having trouble with it myself, just trying to like sit down and look really purely from a team building perspective. Like, okay, mm-hmm. what? Like, let's say the Spurs build around Murray. What do they need? What do they need going forward? And what's really interesting is now that we have this kind of proposed swap for Dejounte that might potentially involve John Collins. It's very weird because in my head, if you're building around Dejounte, a player like John Collins actually fits so much better. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm not quite sure. So I, I think that DeAndre Ayton is better on offense than Jakob Pertl. Yes. I don't know if he's so much better that it's mm-hmm. worth paying him three times as much. And I don't know if how he's better on offense makes the Spurs that much closer to being a great playoff team. You know, I mean, like, it'll give the Spurs some vertical spacing. It'll give them a lob threat. But I don't think that this roster is one lob threat away from being a home court team in the playoffs. You know, I think a big four, someone who can kind of stretch the floor, but also provide some other things, like a John Collins might be. I think if you put that next to Pirtle, that's an even better fit. Uh, It looks like it's kind of one way or the other right now. But, you know, the, the market is drying up for Aiton potentially. So the Spurs might be like the last ones who can even do anything with this. It's just, yep. to me, it doesn't like it doesn't seem like a great value proposition in that you're not gaining a whole lot on your current team, but the roster, but the, the salary is increased by like triple. So that to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense in terms of just a purely, is this team getting better standpoint? But I mean, they have to be considered at least pretty good in the mix just because they're one of the only teams left that can even do anything about it yeah i i again them and the pistons are the only two that can offer um, you know they're right now i feel like phoenix has a lot of leverage because they know if the spurs and, and detroit don't get involved here well then eight you know eight, they're either just going to have a staring contest with aiden about you know are you going to take that that your qualifying offer and then try to become an unrestricted free agent next year or do you want to settle you know try to negotiate with us and try to figure out a deal so again um i agree with you there you know what I, I was writing up some uh, scouting reports on different different free agents recently and when I when I wrote about Aiton, you know, I noticed that what you said, you know, the fact that yes, he's going to make a, a little bit substantial difference on offense, uh, but not but not too too much. And, and the thing is, they're going to lose a lot on defense. You know, his numbers are just not even close to Jakob's numbers defensively. Uh, it, that, that's something to consider as well. And, and the fact, like you said, you're, you're paying him three times more than what you're paying Jakob. Um, I, I do. I, I know that I had a, a, a Suns fan, um, you know, respond to me in that article that you know they they, they think that Aiden can do more on offense if he gets a bigger role and he gets you know more opportunity that that he's just never been able to have with Chris Paul there with Devin Booker there. So that's something to, to consider maybe. Uh, but again, I think that they only pursue Aiden if Dejounte's still on the team. If they move Dejounte Murray via trade, then I don't think it makes any sense to, to go after DeAndre and try to stay competitive. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that I don't think they're going to pursue Colin, um, Colin Sexton or Zach Levine. Do you agree there now? 
Yeah, I think, you know, looking at all three of the free agents, I mean, it feels like this is every single year, which, I mean, every free agent that is most valuable to the Spurs is the one who's going to be probably most valuable to all of the teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, like, of all of, you know, talking about that team building and looking at, like, okay, which team takes the Spurs from where they are now to, like, one or two tiers up in terms of competitiveness. Like, Zach Levine is the only free agent who I look at, and I'm like, yeah, like, he yeah. he would add a lot to the Spurs in terms of their team building, but he's also the least likely to move teams. Um, and if you were to move teams, the Spurs, I, I'm not quite sure why the Spurs would be at the top of his list. So, yeah, I think if they get any of them, Aiton is really the only one where it kind of like you can kind of see how that would come together. Um, I think from a philosophy standpoint, I kind of like the signing of Levine more, but I I mean, that's like a 99% chance that he stays with the Bulls. And if he went anywhere else, I really don't see why it would be with the Spurs. Yeah, so again, again, you know, that's where that's at. Um, again, Misich, uh, it's only again the Spurs would have to make a trade with OKC just to even get his draft rights. Again, that was just one report uh, from, from Jake Fisher that they have some interest, but multiple NBA teams have have um, um interest in Misich, and he just had a good season um, overseas. So you know, look, I, I, this sounds kind of mean, but you know, man, I just could not like last year. I was actually able to like find some free agents that might fill the Spurs. I remember Doug McDermott was one of those players who I thought, hey, you know, he'd be a good fit for San Antonio. Looking at their team and their needs. And then looking at, you know, the young, the fact that they are in a rebuilding mode right now, um, you know, it's hard to find a, um, just like, how do I say this? Like, like you can go out and get a veteran player who's out there, you know, in the free agent and the free agent group this year, but it's like, do you want to take minutes from some of your young guys or some of the players that you're trying to see what they can become? So, you know, as, as I looked at the Spurs' depth chart again, based on Murray being there next year, it's hard for me to say, you know, go get a, a wing. And then you, do you want that, whoever that wing is? You know, uh, if it's not like Zach Levine, like you're saying, do you want that player playing over Devin Vassell? Do you want that player playing over um, Keldon Johnson, taking minutes from those players? Do you want that player taking minutes from uh, as far as a big, uh, you know, I still want to see what Zach Collins can do a little bit better, you know, getting even just more, um, you know, healthier and and getting his legs under him even more, Um, you know. And then he also like, you know, somebody like Doug McDermott might come off the bench. Maybe they could try to move him. But but do you want players getting in front of Jeremy Sohan if if he's able to get some minutes there at the four, see what he can do as, as a young guy? And that's where. I, you know, I just couldn't find a name on that free agent group right now currently that I would say, you know, I want this player playing over this player or that player on the current Spurs roster. Did you find any any um, notable free agents that you that you think are interesting for San Antonio? So, you know, my need for the Spurs was a three or a four. And looking mm-hmm. at the three or a four list for this offseason, it's kind yeah. of grim. And I'm, this isn't even using your test, which I think a lot of these players would fail. But you have like the Martin Twins, who are restricted free agents. Yeah. TJ Warren, Nick Batum. Kyle Anderson, Derek Dones Jr., and Torian Prince. Those were like the best names I could find. So yeah. obviously you're not doing a lot. Exactly. Now there was one player who I actually thought could fit the Spurs, especially so if I think it could work whether or not the DeJounte trade happens, but especially if the DeJounte trade happens and they move on from Pirtle in that case, I think Isaiah Hardenstein could be a wonderful pickup for the Spurs. He's like okay. an elite rim protector. So you still have the big who's flexible on defense and Sohan, mm-hmm. but now you still have the the elite rim protector. And I think that's the cornerstone of a defense. Like Isaiah Hartenstein is like the one guy who I look at this and I'm like, I would be excited if the Spurs signed that player. The others are like, I guess they kind of fit a need, but I don't know if, like you said, they even supplant any of the players they have now. 
Yeah, so I think that's the big question again. If you're not getting somebody like a Zach Levine, you know, or you know, one of those, uh, you know, those those, those, those top player uh, player um, players out there, it's just like, do you want to take minutes from the young guy? That's that's always going to my question. Hardenstein might be available because I heard, you know, with, with the Clippers getting, um, you know, making some moves here, getting John Wall most likely, and then also uh, they just extended uh, Zubac. They may not be able to to get um to, to be able to, you know, they may be priced out of being able to to get to resign Hardenstein. So maybe he is a player that they can look at. But like I said. Yes, there's free agents out there, but I just don't know who who would be that fit because of the way the Spurs are going. It's just like it's it's hard to get a grasp on what is their their direction right now. You know, there's all these reports that they might trade Murray, which would probably lead to rebuild. But then there's also reports. I mean, then if if they do want to stay competitive, because like my other issue is like Pop's back. You know, most likely, you know, Pop Pop is you know is probably back. He's he's he talked to the free, the rookies on 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 draft night. He called them all. It, basically, it looks like he's back. So do you want to? Are you really going to go full tank with Pop as your head coach? I just feel like they still want to compete, even if it's for another playing spot. Um, so that's why it's just kind of hard to to read this team, and that's why I couldn't really get a good handle on you know who's the best um, free agent out there for them. And now let's take a quick break, uh, Colin, and then let's listen to a word from our sponsors. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so okay, so so now that we talked about just the, you know the free agents that they could that they could pursue, um, let's go to our, our next topic, which is um, you know how how else could they use their their cap space? They could use it to take back a player who might be disgruntled or maybe just his, his situation is not working, but that player might still have some upside, and that player may um, have multiple years on his deal. And so for this situation, um, you know this is the t- yeah this is the kind of environment where you're using your cap space to trade for a player, and the Spurs can do this pretty easily because they're able with all that cap space at 34 million, they can absorb a player into their deal. Um, so, so, um, the player who I'm thinking about right now, who we've already discussed is John Collins, just because of the fact that, you know, he's got four years left on his deal. Uh, he would be a player who you can, you know, maybe give a bigger role to see what he can do. And, and like you said, if they keep DeJounte Murray on the team with it, I think he would be a great pairing with, with, with the Spurs group that they have right now. Uh, and then also, you know, so Hank could back him up, uh, off the bench. Um, they could start him with a, with a bunch of their, their wings and shooters. Uh, and so, um, you know, the, the, the only issue here is that this, the latest reporting is that, um, you know, uh, Murray would be basically traded for Collins and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, picks and stuff like that. And th- so that doesn't make sense to me. If, if you're moving DeJounte Murray, why are you bringing back John Collins? I could see maybe give him, giving him a few months on the team, you know, letting him see what he can do with an expanded role and then maybe try to flip him in February if it's not working out. Uh, but, but, you know, let's just get into the trade discussions at this point. This is where we're at in this conversation. So, um, you know, prior to the draft, uh, the Spurs reportedly uh, were talking to Atlanta 
Uh, this is mostly via Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, who is bl- very plugged into situations. He's a, he's a reputable reporter who's breaking news right now. Um, they, they basically wanted a Drew Holiday-like offer for Murray at this time. Um, and that would basically be what the Bucks, uh, not what the Bucks, what the Pelicans got from for Holiday was three future first-round picks and two pick swaps. Um, then a few days later, after the draft, uh, there was there was uh, you know Fisher and then also um, a, a local TV reporter in Atl- Atlanta. I think his name was Zach Klein. They reported both that um, Collins was no longer expected to be in the deal, and now it was looking like Daniela Gallinari would be in the deal uh, along with multiple first round picks for for Murray. Uh, and that the Spurs were looking for the future, like trying to trying to aim for the 2023 draft. And so that was the most recent reporting. I mean, that was the most uh, the latest reporting. Uh, and, and, you know, if they were to do this deal and they took Gallo um, uh, in the deal, it would probably have to uh, happen after July 6th because they would have to um, Gallo's uh, full twenty one million dollar deal does guarantee on, on Wednesday. They could um, extend that date, that guarantee date, and just give Gallo push his salary, his guaranteed amount from five million up northward uh, to a different amount. However, Colin, right before uh, we started recording, you were listening to Jake Fisher, who, again, who has been breaking a lot of this news. You were listening to him on um, the Dunked On um, podcast, and, and he, you had some latest updates uh, saying that John Collins will now be most likely involved in the deal if it happens. Uh, what, what is the latest stuff uh, from Fisher that you heard? Yeah, and so his – it was um, – I wouldn't say it was super committal one way or the other. It was just mostly like, oh, I just got a text message right before I jumped on the show, and it sounds like John Collins might be back in the deal kind of thing. So it, it sounds like he's in the discussions again, which for all the reasons you were saying is really interesting to me. I don't I don't know why John Collins makes sense in San Antonio if they're trading out DeJounte Murray. The other yeah. thing he mentioned was uh, Nate asked him, like, hey, do you have any – guesses on what the Spurs are doing here. And he said, my educated guess is that if they do make the Murray trade, that teams around the league are expecting them to pivot into rebuilding, which I know mm-hmm. um huge surprise, but it's just one of those, like the Spurs are so averse to that. It seems like that it's been so like, I'll believe it when I see it, you know, <laughs> but that is the expectation yeah. is that they might be kind of, it is hard with the pop situation, right? Because it does seem like he yep. is coaching at least another year, maybe more, but like it does, seem like after last trade deadline where they moved on from Derek White. Um, and now it looks like they're at least open to trading DeJounte Murray. It seems like they're at least coming to the truth that they might need yeah. to rebuild if they want to get back into championship contention. So not not too many updates in terms of quantity, but he, he definitely said that he had heard that John Collins was back in the deal, which is interesting and a, and a little odd to me. But um, I guess if that's what they need to get the deal done... <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about, you know, Spurs cast um, listeners may be asking, you know, why, why is Murray even being, being included in these trade discussions? Why does the Spurs want to move him? So according to Fisher's reporting initially before the draft, it's because, you know, the fact that uh, DeJounte will be a free agent in two years and he is going to be in, uh, you know, if he stays at this all-star level, like, you know, we, we expect him to continue to get better. He's going to be commanding $40 million because he'll be in that, that, that free agency range of like, um, what is it like seven to nine years of experience? He'll be in his eighth year, I believe. Uh, so that, yeah, and and if as long as the cap continues to go up like it is, he'll he'll be getting forty million dollars. And so that's when the Spurs are going to ask, you know, if this is not a team that's that's quite ready to start getting back into you know the top you know top six of the playoffs again, uh, to you know, start competing for 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 um you know those, those kind of playoff spots, uh, and they're heading more so in, still in that re- or that rebuild direction because a lot of their players are still very young on this roster, especially drafting three rookies last week. 
uh, they they may not be ready to um you know it, you know ha- have Dejounte be their 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 um their main player that they want down the road, especially at that salary. And then uh you know just if they're not if they're not if they're not, they're not a team that's that's ready to like compete, like I said, uh you know f- to go deep into the playoffs. So again, if they're still in that rebuild mode, they're kind of on two different timelines here. And so that's why we're seeing Murray's uh, name feature now because you know the Spurs can offer him extensions each offseason, but it's never going to be close to to what his max will be in two years from now. And he, you know, he's, he's definitely going to know what his max will be. I mean, yeah. So, so I think that's where they're having some struggles is that he, it's almost like he, he kind of like, uh, uh, you know, I guess he, I don't want to say peak too early, but like he just became an all-star. And I don't know if they expected that, uh, you know, so, so quickly in this, in this first current season without any kind of like veteran players around him. Um, did you have anything to add about, about, about Murray and, and his name being in there? Yeah. So just, just cause it's, it's been, there's a lot to unpack with the Murray situation. I think one of it is like, well, why isn't a more reputable person talking about it? And I think one of the things that's yes. interesting is to remember um, that DeJounte is represented by Clutch and Shams has connections to Clutch. And I know that Woj can be very team friendly when he's making reports. We saw this with yeah. the Brooklyn Nets stuff. So I, I could... I could see a world where these talks are absolutely happening. They're absolutely progressing and it looks like they're on the right track. But both of those reporters who are probably the most trusted yes. have a lot of incentive not to say anything until it's basically a done deal because they kind of have skin in the game to some extent. Um, it sounds like it's coming a lot out of Atlanta, which makes sense why, you know, uh, Shams, who has connections to the agency that represents DeJounte and Woj, who I yeah. think has some connections in San Antonio or maybe being a little bit more mum about it. Um and and so that's that's that there. I know, you know, you and I had even talked about, you know, Zach Lowe was a little bit kind of like yeah. non-committal on how much he had heard. But I do think it's worth saying that, you know, he had a segment on his show where he was talking about fake trades or whatever, yeah. where he's talking about the price of DeJounte Murray. So I think he's not talking about it unless there's there's some validity to it. Now, I yes. I still expect DeJounte, like I, I if I had to put a prediction on it. I think it's more likely that DeJounte stays, but I think the trade talks are mm-hmm. real. And I think there is a very sound reasoning behind moving him right now with two years left under team control, like you were saying. So I just, I think it's become such a big firestorm for a lot of Spurs fans. They're like, oh, yeah. how can we even trust this Jake Fisher guy? What's going on? And I yeah. think there's just, there's too much happening for it not to be at least a little bit real. And I think it might be a little bit more real than the skeptics are thinking it is. But I also think it's probably further away than like that, that tweet from the local Atlanta. Uh, yeah. guy who said it's on the verge of happening and then someone kind of pushed him and he said oh I didn't say a deal was done you know that to me sounds like maybe on the verge wasn't the right phrasing and more like hey they're continuing talks it sounds like it might not be super close but it's still something they've been discussing over the past couple of days exactly no you summed that up perfectly again um you know that's kind of been my, my issue with it too is that I, again, I, I definitely trust Jake Fisher's reporting. He's a very reputable reporter. Um, he's, he does a lot of a lot of really good work. Uh, it's just that you know, I, I always I like to always see multiple you know NBA media that we that we trust with their sources getting involved here. So like the fact that Woj hasn't said anything, Shams hasn't said anything, Zach Lowe basically said he tried to verify this, but he hasn't really heard that specific reporting. And then like even someone like Mark Stein's uh, you know basically taking uh, what Fisher said. So again, I think that we're just seeing more so we're hearing more so uh, from the Atlanta side the fact that one of their local TV reporters was able to get get a scoop. Is that is that that's where a lot of this is coming from? Again, we don't know how urgent it is, but like you said, it's definitely happening because you know the fact that they, like you said, Zach Lowe discussed different Dejounte trades to different teams. I think that there's definitely um, you know his name is definitely out there. So again, if they move Murray, then I think that yeah, you're right. It's just completely rebuild, and it makes no sense to me to to try to get John Collins. Uh, but if they don't move Murray, then it makes a lot of sense to try mm-hmm. to pursue 
John Collins via trade or try to sign someone like DeAndre Ayton. So I think that, you know, like I said, going into Thursday, I have no idea what, what this team is doing with these reports that they might move Murray or they may not, because then it, it could be totally different um, avenues that, that they drive into uh, go, going forward. So And there's kind of a the deadline is, tomorrow, right? Like the, the yes. Gallinari deadline, I think, presents a good like inflection yeah. point. Obviously, if John Collins is what's part of the deal, then this can go on past that. But but if if it really is a Gallinari construction, which I like so much more because I think that the Spurs could get draft capital back for that, and then they waive him, they have one less mm-hmm. player on their roster and more cap space to take on dead money for draft assets. Like if that's how they're pivoting into this rebuild, that's the best way to do it. And if if that's the way they go, they have until end of day tomorrow. So there is a little bit of a time limit, and that's part of why I would expect it to be so quiet because a lot of the times when when these deals are getting worked out, the day before it happens is usually the quietest day. Like if you notice around trade deadline day. Like there's a lot of reporting the weekend before and then like the couple of days before it's completely quiet. And then all of a sudden, boom, everything starts coming in. So that could be happening here or maybe they're just the talk stalled and they're dead. Yeah. And, and like I said, the, the big thing to watch with Gallo, he, again, his 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 deal is guaranteed for five million as long as uh, he's not. If, if he's waived uh, after by tomorrow, then yes, he only gets paid five million. But if he gets if he doesn't get waived by tomorrow, then he gets the full 21 million. And what they're discussing right now is uh atlanta and him is is basically making probably pushing his, his guarantee date back like the memphis Grizzlies just did with danny green but that could that's going to increase that five million guaranteed to maybe a later date maybe bump to like like 10 15 million who knows how much that they're, they're talking about but but that's something to watch like you said if they, if they end up delaying that 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 guarantee date then i think that there's a good chance he's gonna end up getting traded and probably you know most likely san antonio because that's the team that's reportedly interested uh in him only to get the, that draft capital those assets and it, that'll probably include Dejounte murray so again that's something to watch i think you, you made up you brought up a great point there to watch what happens to gallinari on wednesday uh whether he, he gets uh you know he gets paid in full the 21 million or if um you know they guarantee it they push his guarantee back or if they just wave him. i think if they just wave him and they only pay him five million then, then that, 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 that tells me that the murray trade may not happen but there's a stronger indication it may not happen all right, so now let's talk about the last move that the Spurs can do, and this is one that I can I, I can tell you already, fans aren't going to want to aren't are going to want to happen uh, because this is the, the the least exciting move, but it's a, the it's the best move for their future if they're really rebuilding, and that is to use your cap space to take bad contracts for future picks. So, um, you know, this is something that the Spurs kind of did last year a little bit. You know, I know they signed like Doug McDermott, they got a few free agents, but they pretty much did this with a lot of their cap space. They, they took on, you know, we know that DeRoz- DeRozan had a sign and trade to go to Chicago. And what the Spurs did there was they took on the contracts of Al Farouk Amino, who they later on waived. And then they also took on Thad Young, who they ended up flipping for a first round pick for, uh, to Toronto later on in the year. And they ended up getting some some picks out of this. They got a future first last year from Chicago, and then they also got two uh, future seconds. So again, this is not the exciting way. To, you know, you may see that if the Spurs end up, you know, getting some player, a veteran player, um, you know, who, who's probably not going to be here long term. Then you, but they get picks out of it. This is this is what they decided to do with their cap space. Uh, we know that the Knicks are a team to watch here because they have just had multiple players that they want to move just to try to get to that that amount that they can open for um, in cap space, so they can open Jalen Brunson from the Mavs. I know that Evan Fournier has been a name out there. He's making eighteen million. Uh, Alex Burks is a name who's out there uh, making ten million, and then um, Nerlens Noel as well. Uh, is, is a free agent that I think they were discussing with the Clippers of flipping him. So again, if we see the Spurs acquire a player who, who's a veteran player, maybe, maybe in the last uh, year or two of his deal and then, but they get picks for it. Well, then this is what they decided to do. They decided to go with the, with the, um, with the uh, getting the draft assets now and using your cap space for that. Because again, this free agent class is, you know, it's just not one of the, the best free agent classes out there to be a, a, cap, a cap space team. What are your thoughts on this route? Kyle? So um, this is actually maybe the most exciting route to me, but that's because I'm a little bit of a weirdo, I guess. Like to me, and also mm-hmm. part of it is just like 
I know we've talked recently, like whenever I come on the podcast and we talk about the draft or we talk about free agency or we talk about whatever, for me, a lot of it is just kind of looking at this team and saying like, what are they doing? Like, are they, are they content with yep. making the ninth seed? Like, oh man, maybe one year if they get lucky, it's the sixth seed. Like, or do they actually want to get back into championship contention, which you know, they've been quoted as recently saying, you know, like our goal all along has been championship contention. And if that's the case, like this is one of those things you have to go through. And, you know, you mentioned New York. That was one team that I had kind of had circled. The other one is Philly, who is supposedly going to get PJ Tucker, but they don't have the money to get him right now. You know, the Spurs could uh, work into that and kind of be a team that gets draft capital there. And, I, you know, I don't I don't know if it needs to be a long bottom out rebuild like it was for the Thunder. But I do think that one or two years of kind of taking your medicine, especially in this, like, if they get Victor Wimbanyama in this draft, like, the rebuild is over already. You have your cornerstone, you have your centerpiece. And, like, I know even if they have the worst record in the league, the chances that that happens still aren't perfect. It's like a 14, Mm -hmm. 17% chance. So, like, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where this is the year, kind of like, uh, when they got Tim Duncan, if there was any year, this is the year where you're actually getting that type of player who can like turn you around within one year. And if there's, and I think there's a couple other really good players in this draft too, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think that it makes a lot of sense for them to go about it this way. Even if they're not completely tanking, we looked over the free agents, you know, like Isaiah Hardenstein was the most exciting one to me. And like, <laughs> if they have, you know, this 20 plus million in cap space, I mean, they can sign him with like less than half of that. You know, they can still be yeah. a dumping ground for Evan Fournier in draft picks. Like they can they can still be competitive and still use their space because I'm not seeing what they could use it better for to be like a, a cap space, like a team where uh, other teams can send their bad contracts into space. I, I think even if they make one or two signings and they're trying to stay competitive, I still think that's what they should do with the remainder of their cap space. Yeah, I agree. And again, like, um, you know, definitely if they trade Murray, I think that's definitely what, where they're headed to that route. But again, Spurs cast this is if you don't, if, if next, if Thursday happens and you don't see the Spurs getting involved in like DeAndre Ayton rumors or, you know, any, uh, you know, some of the top level free agents, well, then we know that their most likely direction is probably headed toward that, just getting some bad contracts. So they make a trade and it's for like someone like Alec Burks, you know why it was mainly to, to get those, those future assets. So again, and that'll just indicate that they're continuing with this with this rebuild process, um, and they really want to want to go uh, for that for that direction. So again, we'll kind of see what happens on Thursday. Again, the big thing to watch right now is Wednesday. Uh, do the Spurs offer Lonnie Walker a um, a, a a qualifying offer to make him restricted free agent, or does he go into restricted free? Uh, does he go into free agency on 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 um, Thursday as an unrestricted free agent? Also, like we talked about with, with re, re, regarding the the Dejounte, um, uh, John Collins, Daniela Gallinari trade rumors. Keep an eye on, on on Gallinari if his if his guarantee um uh, completely guarantees his twenty one million dollars, or if uh, the, the the Hawks waive him, or if they extend his his uh his guarantee option. And so now, Colin, um, this is a so we owe one of our old product Spurs um, um friends and one of our old staff members uh, used to, who who writes now with the uh, Era Alamo, Josh this We owe, we owe him a quick um because I know that I've been wanting to get you on for for a few weeks, but then a lot of stuff just happened. And, you know, the draft came and it was just it was just hard for us to kind of align our schedules. And that's mainly, it's mainly my fault. But um, Josh, uh, this is back from May 24. Josh had a question, and, and I, 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 would, I wanted you to be the guest for this question. But So it's an old question that we probably know our answer about by now, but even though it's not really as applicable today. But it just just uh, you know, just to go through it, because I, I wanted to answer for Josh. Uh, he had asked back on May 24th. He said, uh, if you're doing more Q&A on the next Spurs cast, I'd love to hear your take on maxing Aiton versus maxing Levine versus maxing neither. Um, 
and so you know again i think we, we both said that we doubt levine's coming at this point but who would you let's just say you know there was you know let's just say everything was going bad with chicago and 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 and, um, and levine at this point he was going to go into free agency and let's just say the spurs did have enough for max for both players now they don't with regarding levine who would you have wanted in that situation or would you have wanted neither? Oh, I definitely would have maxed uh, Levine with like no second thought. Like three level yep. score with some size is what wins you games in the NBA today. Like the defense, we can figure it out with other players. Uh, that That's what I would be thinking if I was in the Spurs front office. I know that if they get Aiton, they might have to max him. I'm, I'm <clears throat> like, that would help the team. I'm less excited about that. But definitely like if, if Levine was an option, and I were the Spurs general manager, I would be throwing all of the money I could at that situation. Okay, I'm with you as well, man. So, so like, I wrote up a profile of Levine before I knew he was going back to Chicago. And, man, just looking at some of his shooting stats, so, like, no other Spurs player even has close to, it's just like, wow. Like you said, three-level scorer. Um, here, here it is here. I found it real quick. 61% of his threes were pull-up threes. Imagine just seeing him just, you know, pick uh, off Yaka pick and rolls and then just just, just taking threes. And he actually made them uh, uh, right, at the, right at the mark that, that would be efficient. So, Again, I, I would have said let Levinos as well. And it's just for me, it would have been like, what can you do with just more talent? Like, like you know, Levine's already an all-star. You, you're pairing him with a current all-star in DeJounte. You know, Aiden could, might be an all-star down the road, but he's not yet. We don't know for sure if, if he has that, that level of playing him. Whereas Aiden, uh, whereas Levine, we definitely know it. And so that's what I would have just been really interested to see how him, him and DeJounte would have ran the backcourt together. But like we both agree, we just don't we just don't think at this point anymore that, that Levine's gonna end up um, leaving Chicago. So yeah, so so Josh, you know, if you listen to this episode, we finally apologize that we it took forever, it took multiple weeks, but we finally got to that almost oh my gosh, it took a month actually <laughs> for us to answer that question. But but we finally got to that question uh, there, and I, I did want to answer it in real time whenever whenever we discuss it. So um, don't forget to visit Project Spurs Spurscast listeners. We are making sure to uh, write up all the offseason news. Uh, the, the Spurs just released their summer league roster, so so that's the latest piece that's up on the site. Any kind of rumors and stuff, uh, uh, we'll make sure to, to, to discuss here on Spurscast. We also have um, our, our Project Spurs Twitter handle. They, they do those um, the, the, uh, the Twitter spaces thing. So make sure you check that out as well. Um, thanks to Colin for joining me here on the Spurscast episode and also to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing the episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.